Well, good morning, everyone. If we can take our seats, those of us who are in here in the um, in the sanctuary. Um, words not working this morning. Let's try again. Put different teeth in. Right. Good. <laughs> good morning, everyone. I'm Steve, and I'll be leading you through the service this morning. Um, if you're a visitor here, we uh, we hope that you'll have a wonderful time with us. Um, the songs will be coming up on the screen. If you don't know them, don't worry. Just enjoy them. If you want to just sit down, you'll see people standing up. Um, but don't worry. Just sit and enjoy the songs if you don't know them. Um, also, today we're doing communion um, and. Um, Again, if you're somebody who is following Jesus, then you are welcome to join us uh, in communion. But Martin will say a little bit more about that later. Um, actually, we'll hand over to Martin now. He's going to be speaking later, by the way, if you didn't know who Martin is. Morning, everyone. Good to see you. Whether this is your 3,000th time or your first time, you're very welcome. It's great to see you. Um, and uh, I've got a few uh, notices. We, we have a, a prayer meeting next door, six o'clock tonight for an hour, which is open to everybody. Uh, exciting opportunity to pray for Emerge, which is, the new Emerge on a Sunday is starting on the 8th of October. And we're going to be praying into that, praying for the leaders, praying for God's blessing on that. Um, but also, um, we're looking at principle four of the seven principles of growing churches, which is clarity and agreement. Um, so we'll be looking at that as well tonight. So come along at six o'clock uh, tonight. Excited because uh, Jan is coming into membership this morning, which is fantastic. So we're going to pray for her and commit ourselves to supporting and loving her. And uh, let's look forward to that later on. Um, just to say that next Sunday we have our BMS um, Harvest Appeal for Uganda, um, supporting the work of mission amongst uh, the farming community in Uganda. We're going to show a video in the service um, next uh, Sunday about that. Um, but there are um, gift aid envelopes available on the, on the reception. You can, we're asked that you put your gifts in those envelopes and it's easier for us then to identify them as BMS um, uh, donations. So they're there. You can take them from reception from today. They'll be available again next week and uh, the week after. Um, uh, wedding, we've got a wedding on Friday, not that you guys need reminding James and Chloe, but uh, exciting, exciting week. One o'clock here, doors open from about 12.30 um, for guests. You'll, you'll be very welcome to come along. We want a packed full church, don't we? Yes. Um, and then afterwards, you're welcome to join um, everyone for refreshments in the hall uh, next door. Um, so that's uh, next Friday, coming this coming Friday at one o'clock. And then Alpha starts this Tuesday, um, 7.30, Mark, is that right? With a meal. It's not too late to sign up yourself or to come along here in the room next door, the lounge next door, 7.30, the first session of Alpha. Um, come along, bring your friends, bring your family, bring your work colleagues. Exciting mission opportunity. So we'll be praying for that as well tonight in the prayer meeting. Steve. Thank you. So let's come and worship our God this morning. If you've, if, you've, if you've had a tambourine put on your seat, then use it. If you've got flags, then wave them. Let's just give God the glory this morning. Uh, let me just pray. Father God, just come by your Holy Spirit now. Just come and fill this place with joy, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Those who are able, let's stand and let's sing together. 
the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you. I lift it up. Shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 high and lifted up shining in the light of your glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 as we sing holy 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 as we sing holy Show your majesty in every star that shines and every time we breathe. Your glory, God, revealed from distant galaxies to here beneath our skin. You are higher than we ever could imagine. Closer than our eyes could ever see, you are magnificent, you alone are holy, no one else is glorious as you, magnificent, Jesus you are worthy, 
Who can shine as brightly as you do? Magnificent. You're so magnificent. You're lighting up our lives. Illuminate our hearts with everything you are. You are higher than we ever could imagine. Closer than our eyes could ever see. You are magnificent. You alone are holy. No one else is glorious as you. Magnificent. Jesus, you are worthy. Who can shine as brightly as you do? Magnificent. You're so magnificent. You are higher than we ever could imagine. Closer than our eyes could ever see. We are pouring out our hearts here in your presence. Magnificent, you alone are holy. No one else is glorious as you. Magnificent. Jesus, you are worthy, who can shine as brightly as you do, magnificent, you're so magnificent, you're so magnificent, you're so
Lift up your voice and give him glory. For he is worthy to be this morning. Let's just lift our voices. Sing a new song to him this morning. Jesus, 
There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every Thank you. 
Jan up, please. Oh, come on, Jan. We've got another microphone somewhere. Just with one of these, yeah. Great. Stand over here and we can see that. So, we believe uh, in church membership. Uh, via baptism. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 that uh, we are baptized into the body of Christ. In, we are baptized into the church. Uh, Jan has been baptized many years ago in South Africa, I think, wasn't it? In South Africa, many, many years ago. And uh, we are baptized into the church. And we are baptized into a covenant relationship with one another. Do you remember Jesus at the Last Supper? He said, um, this blood is, is the covenant, is, is a new covenant in my blood. And when we become a Christian and we're baptized and join a church, we enter into a new covenant between Christ and ourselves and with one another. And that covenant relationship is the same sort of relationship that um, we make with God and with one another when we get married. So we'll be talking about covenant on Friday again, James and Chloe. But it's a covenant relationship. It's where we make a public commitment to God and to one another and to the congregation gathered to love and serve Jesus with all our heart, our soul, our mind and our strength. And to use the gifts and talents, natural and supernatural, that God has given us to build up and grow Christ's church. And so this morning, I'm going to be asking Jan to make some vows and promises to serve Christ and use her gifts. We're going to lay hands on her and ask her to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, that God would fan into flame the spiritual gifts that he's already given to her, and that we as a church would stand with her 
and pray for her, love her, pray, support her um, in being a covenant member of the church. Um, Jan, this is a happy day for us. Uh, it's a wonderful day. It's been a long time, but we've got there, haven't we? And some of, uh, some of the folk from uh, the other service are here today, which is, which is great to, to support you, which is fantastic. So Jan, yes, I do, by the way. As long as you do. You do, yeah, okay, that's good. You don't know what you're going to sign up for yet. Jan, do you believe that God has called you to serve Christ as part of this local Baptist church? Jan, do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community and in the world and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ? I do. That's wonderful. Jan, do you now commit yourself to love and to work, to share and to serve within this church and within our world? And do you believe that here you may learn and grow? And do you accept the responsibilities of being a member of this church? I do. I do. Those responsibilities you can find uh, in your uh, members' uh, directories. They're listed under the church covenant. And they're all sorts of things like attending regularly, um, loving one another, praying for one another, encouraging one another, walking in a holy way in line with Christ's commands, making Jesus known in word and deed. All of, those, all of that covenant is there printed in your directories. So when we receive somebody into membership, it's always a good opportunity for us who are currently members to re-examine that covenant and to recommit ourselves in prayer to love God and one another in covenant relationship. There may be some of you who, yet, who are yet to be baptised, I'd encourage you to do that, or who are yet to come into membership. You've been baptised, we welcome anybody, if they've been baptised as a believer, um, to apply for membership, so come and talk to me if you'd like to become a member, or if you'd like to, become, uh, to be baptised, we would love to hear from you. So I'm going to ask now the church uh, members, if you would stand, the church members... So as members of this church, do you promise to love, encourage, strengthen, guide, pray for, and care for Jan as an equal partner in the body of Christ? Yeah. I think they really mean it. <laughs> and members, do you receive Jan as a sister in Christ, being ready to hear and serve the Lord with her and um, to pray for her? Yeah. Amen. So, Jan, as Paul, as Paul did in uh, the New Testament, we offer you the right hand of fellowship. And I say that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you into membership of this local church here at Heatherbell. That's your membership card. At this, you don't get away that easy because we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for God's spirit to fill you. Nigel's here as well. Tony's on the sound, so he can't do everything. But... Um, we're going to lay hands on you and uh, ask that the Spirit would come and fill you afresh today. And uh, if, you'd like to, if, you're, if you'd like to reach out as well, just ask uh, God's Spirit to just come and bless Jan today. Lord, oh, happy day this is. Lord, we thank you that you've washed our sins away and you've washed Jan's sins away. And we're here to celebrate, Lord, this act of commitment, 
to your church. Lord, we thank you for Jan. We thank you, Lord, for the person that she is, full of joy, full of life. And we ask, Holy Spirit, right now, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill Jan afresh, even now as we're praying. Come, and ho come Holy Spirit, fill her with more of the love of God, more of your joy, Lord, that her service for you, Lord, whether in the world or in the church, would be full of joy and motivated, Lord, by extravagant love and devotion for Jesus. Just like the woman in the story, Lord, we pray that Jan would serve you from today with love and devotion and humility and joy. We pray joy to fill you, Jan, and we pray, Lord, for the spiritual gifts that you've given Jan, that you'd stir those, fan them into flame, Lord, use them mightily, for the building up of your church. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of evangelism that you've given Jan. Lord, she has a heart, a boldness to make you known to people. Wherever she goes, she speaks of you. And we pray, Lord, for more boldness in Jan, that with the, the friends that she has down on the South Coast, that she would speak boldly for you, Lord. You'd open doors for her, Lord, to share Jesus in powerful ways. And Lord, thank you for her gift of mercy and compassion, which she uses so generously in looking after Dorothy and others. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to pour compassion into her heart, that that compassion and love might overflow, not just to Dorothy, but to all that she comes into contact with. We ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, dear Lord, it, it, it is indeed a joy and a privilege to welcome and celebrate Jan coming into membership here at Head of Our Father. We just thank you, Lord, that you've brought her to us in this stage in her journey uh, with you. And Father, we look forward to just uh, celebrating, worshiping you and being family with you, with Jan. And we thank you for the many, many gifts that you've given, given to Jan. Uh, Jan just brings so much joy and so much caring, Lord. She, she's an amazing character in terms of caring and she's demonstrated that through the care that she's given to our dear sister, Dorothy. Uh, so diligently caring for her and uh, we thank you for that Lord uh, it's a real gift and uh, we pray that you will continue to work in her and uh, we just ask Lord that each of us here uh, at the family here at Heathervale will support Jan and nurture her on her continued journey Lord uh, in faith in you so we celebrate Jan we pray for your Holy Spirit to descend upon her and work in her uh, in Jesus name we pray Amen. Well, it's time now for our young people to go out to their groups. If you're a visitor and you've got your children here, you can get rid of them. You do get them back at the end of the service, I promise. But uh, if it's now time for the young people to go out to their groups, um, and if we can take up the offering as well, please. Thanks, Pete. Just put it down. Just drop it down there. Let's pray for our young people and pray for our offering. Lord, we thank you for, for the joy which, which our young people give to us every time we see them, Lord. And we just pray now that as they go out to their groups, even with tears, Lord, <laughs> that they would have a wonderful time, that they would learn more about you, and that they would just grow in the knowledge of Jesus. Lord, we also pray for the money that's been given this morning. And Lord, we just ask right now that you would just use that to extend 
your kingdom here in Newhall and, and further out. And Lord, we're also mindful at this time of um, the disasters that have been happening around the world. Lord, such, such amazing, such awful loss of life. And so, Lord, we just ask that in those areas, Lord, that you, we would just see your people rising up, showing mercy, showing love. Um, and Lord, we just want to see you lifted high. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll hand over to you for communion. If you're on uh, Zoom, please uh, prepare to break bread with us and to share in, in wine, juice, whatever you've got there. Get some more. Tony's coming down. Yeah. We invite all who love and follow Jesus Christ to take bread and share in the wine. You do not need to be a member of this church. We just ask that you have made a commitment to follow and love and serve Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Um, so please do, if that's you, take part. If you're not sure where you are on the journey, if you're not sure whether you've made that commitment yet, um, you are welcome at this meal table. Please allow the elements to pass you by. But please do reflect on what these symbols represent. Jesus said... I am the bread of life, and whoever feeds on me will never be hungry. And he described the wine as his blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. So as, as we break bread and share it, think about Jesus, who is the bread of life, who satisfies us, and through his body, given as a sacrifice for sin, forgives us. And think about the wine, the symbol of Jesus' blood, a blood shed to establish a new covenant relationship between us and God. Tony's going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. <laughs> oh no, I didn't. Let's pray. Father, it is good to be in your presence this morning. Mm. And as we come into your presence, we recognize that we do so not on our own merit, but through the merit of Jesus Christ, mm. that as we come into this place, we're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. Yes, thank you. That we can enter the very holy of holies, mm. where we can stand before you and announce that we are clean and forgiven. And Jesus, we thank you that you left the glory of heaven to walk this earth, the spotless, sinless Lamb of God, mm. and that you died the death of a criminal in our place. It wasn't so much the nails that held you to the cross, but it was our sin and yes. our shame. Thank you. And your outpouring blood washes us whiter than the snow. Thank you. So as we share in these elements of bread and wine, we recognize the ultimate sacrifice that you paid for us. Yes. And from the deepest part of our hearts, we say thank you, Jesus, mm. our Savior yeah. and our Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, the bread... Uh, will be brought to you, and so will the, the, the juice. Um, and we remember that Jesus broke bread, and uh, he said, this 
bread we break and we remember that there is one loaf um, that we who are many many body, parts of the body of christ we break open this loaf and we remember that we are one in jesus christ though we are many we have unity and life in and through the sacrifice of jesus so we eat the bread as we will receive it We remember that after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We will hold on to our cups and all drink together as a sign of our unity in the body of Christ.
so we drink this with thanksgiving in our hearts. This is a fellowship meal, a family meal, and uh, this is an opportunity for us to pray um, for one another, for the wider church. So if you'd like to pray, please uh, put your hand up and Mark will, will come to you with the microphone. If you're on Zoom, please feel free to unmute and to share in prayer. Jesus, we want to thank you for choosing to lay down your life. You became sin and mm. you you put yourself in that position that, that where you just took all of our punishment on. Mm. We thank you that we couldn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, and it's a mm. free gift, Lord. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. That you've given it as a free gift, Lord. Thank mm. you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Bless you, Lord. We just thank you for Jan. Yes. Thank you that uh, she's coming to membership this morning. And we just pray for her, Lord, that you will really bless her as she she kind of finds her, her way through a, almost a new role here mm. at Heaven Bear. Mm. And Father, we have so much to be thankful for. And this mm. morning, as we think of, of our fellow brothers and sisters all over the world, especially those Lord, who suffered in Libya and mm. Morocco. Mm. Over the last week or so, Father, we cannot comprehend what's happened there. Mm. But Lord, there is so much grief, so much brokenness, so much anger. Father, we just pray for those who know you in those areas. Perhaps they work for relief agencies, or perhaps they just lived out of mm. But Father, we just pray that through your Holy Spirit, help yeah. can be brought yes. to those families and, and those individuals who yes, are suffering please. the same way. Yes. Oh, Father, our heart just goes out to her. Mm. And Father, mm. just um, plead with you, Father, to help. Mm. Just ask for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Please. Father God, we thank you that you raise up your church. Mm. Yeah. Where there is great need in this mm. 
continue to pray for Katie for healing and deliverance from this pneumonia Lord restore her back to health we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and Lord thank you for all the prayers that we've said out loud and in the quietness of our own hearts continue with us now as we continue to worship in Jesus name amen The word of God this morning. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one that had the bigger debts were cancelled. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he 
who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The, the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that you saved us from our sins, that we are forgiven many things. And so, Lord, now as we hear your word, we just ask that you would just open our hearts and our ears to hear your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Um, I want to talk today about the joy of forgiveness. Uh, joy is one of my favorite uh, topics. I'm doing a dissertation on joy in leadership, and so it's kind of a bit, my, bit like my wheelhouse here, but uh, I, I just love the idea that we're, as Christians, we're called to be joyful. We're commanded to rejoice. Amen? Unlike Simon the Pharisee, um, hey? The sin of judgmentalism is one of the most subtle of the respectable sins. It's often practiced under the guise of being zealous for what is right. Um, judgmentalism, self-righteousness is alive and well in our culture today. Have you noticed with social media, echo chambers, people will judge others aggressively if they don't hold to their view um, on anything from uh, veganism to feminism, to gender pronouns, to transgender rights, to climate change, and to your views on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. <laughs> Whatever it is, everybody has a passionate view, and they hold it passionately and even aggressively. They defend it, don't they? I know none of you do this. <laughs> we are in the most self-righteous, judgmental, culture than we've ever been in, aren't we? Largely because of the echo chambers of social media. Everybody's got an opinion and everybody's right and everybody else is wrong. Um, and in our text today, Simon the Pharisee demonstrated perfectly the sin of judgmentalism. He tried to cover it up under the guise of religious devotion, didn't he? He was proud, he was arrogant, he was hard-hearted, he was insensitive, he was judgmental towards Jesus and the woman. Do you know, there are two kinds of sin in the world. There are the unrespectable sins, like the woman's, right? Everybody knew she was a sinner in the town, right? And she didn't try to hide it. She was just up front. Um, and there are the more respectable sins, aren't there, that Christians tend to tolerate in church. Let's be honest. There are some sins that are not respectable, and there are some sins that we might just turn a blind eye to, right? You know what I'm talking about. Gossip, judgmentalism, self-righteousness are respectable sins that we often turn a blind eye to. And we ignore those, we ignore the plank in our own eye and we point out the sins that are more obvious in others, right? So we end up being more like, dare I say it, Simon the Pharisee than we are the woman. I find this story deeply uncomfortable because I see 
more of Simon in me than I do the woman. Anybody else? And the story deliberately contrasts these two characters. One has overt sin and one has covert sin. You see, even as Christians, it's very easy for us to cover up sin under the guise of religious zeal and devotion. I'm just, I've been around serving longer than you have. I've got more credit in the bank of works of service than others. We would never say this out loud, but like Simon, we sometimes think it, don't we? We place ourselves as a little bit inferior, or sorry, as more superior to others who have got less credit in the bank and who are obviously sinners. And we become judgmental, proud, arrogant, hard-hearted, just like Simon. We lose the awe and the wonder and the love. Yeah? It's a danger for all of us. Now, before we get into the text, it's worth stating that most people today in our society would not recognize their strong opinions and self-righteous aggression as sin. They just say, I have strong convictions that need to be defended. Um, but the Bible says that all sin is sin, whether it's uh, respectable sin, such as judgmentalism, or unrespectable sin, such as stealing or um, crime. That sin is sin. Sin is missing the mark of God's bullseye of holiness and perfection, right? I once tried archery. Sarah was amazing at it. I can say this because she's not in the room. She's in creche. <laughs> but Sarah was amazing at archery. She hit the bullseye. She hit the target every time. My arrows were flying off over the top, round the side. And I even got some underneath. I missed the target, leave alone the bullseye. It doesn't matter whether you missed by a little bit or you missed the target completely. Sin is sin. We all miss the mark of sin. And what's the standard of God's holiness? What's the bullseye? It is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Anybody in the room do it? Or every moment of the day with all your mind, all your soul, all your strength? No. We all miss the mark of God's holiness. We all are debtors, right? Doesn't matter whether you're a big debtor or a small debtor, you're a debtor. You miss the mark. Welcome to the people who need to be forgiven. Hello? <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. So this passage teaches us three things, you won't be surprised to know, about how to avoid the sin of judgmentalism. In other words, how not to be like Simon and how to be more like the woman, right? We can't help having sin until we meet Christ when we're perfected. We will be battling sin, right? But we want to be more like the woman and less like Simon, don't we? Good. Thank you. I think you agree. So first, number one, express devotion and gratitude to Jesus. Setting for Luke's story is Simon the Pharisee's house, and he's asked Jesus to come for a meal. Now, Pharisees were very strict about who they had round for dinner. Um, you couldn't just turn up at a Pharisee's house, because if you were the wrong sort, if you're a tax collector or a woman like this, you wouldn't be welcome. In fact, the, the, you'll be sent away. You'll be sent packing. Right. 
Can you imagine if we had a barbecue out the front and we said to people, well, you're not religiously pure on your bike, clear off, you are not welcome. Well, this is the sort of context here. How large houses in the ancient Near East had a courtyard of rooms which surrounded the, the central part of the house. So the courtyard area where the meal would have been um, taking place was open. Anybody could wander in. We had somebody wandered into a, a meal that we held at our house a couple of weeks ago. They just wandered in and just, just started eating. And we said, bless you, have some food. <laughs> Seriously. And this is what happened at, with at G, at Simon the Pharisee's house. Somebody just wandered in. And this woman wandered in. She wanted to meet with Jesus. The literal translation in the New King James Version Behold a woman in the city who was a sinner. Now that phrase comes in the Old Testament a few times and it speaks about prostitutes. Okay? So that's who you've got eating a meal in Simon the religious zealot's house. That's not the sort of guest list he wants, is it? A woman who was renowned in the city, in his house, eating a meal with Jesus and, and others. It's highly likely that this woman has encountered Jesus before. If you look back in the in earlier part of Luke chapter 7, you can look this up. I don't have time this morning. Look it up. You'll notice that lots of tax collectors and sinners have been baptized by John the Baptist and then have believed in Jesus. And straight after that, we have this account of the woman coming to eat a meal with Jesus. So all the commentators, and I'm in agreement with them, say it's highly, highly, highly likely that this woman has already encountered and believed in Jesus and been baptized by John, which is why Luke places this account directly after that, right? We're supposed to notice where Luke's, Luke's order. And so this woman has already met Jesus and come to faith, and now she's coming to say, thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me and welcoming me into the kingdom. So that's what's going on. Just notice how extravagant her love is. This, this makes me so uncomfortable because this is not me, right? I am not like this. And I, I, when I was preparing, I just, I, I struggle with this, right? As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, and remember that he would have been reclining at table, that had been leaning on one elbow, the legs stretched out. She's kneeling behind or standing behind him. Her tears are just falling on him. As she stood behind him, his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Dust-covered feet, right? Can you imagine the mess, the pace that that makes? When tears fall on dust-covered feet. Simon hasn't washed the feet, by the way. Then she wiped them with her hair and poured perfume on the feet. It's extravagant. It's messy. It's indulgent. It's wasteful, isn't it? It makes me really uncomfortable because I think I'm so not like this with Jesus. I'm so not extravagant like this woman. I hold back. She didn't hold back. Imagine the shame that this woman um, overcame to walk into this house. She knew that Simon would not welcome her. 
She knew that Simon would be hostile to her and would send her away, potentially. She knew who she was as a renowned prostitute in the city. And yet she gets over the shame of social convention and she comes to, to minister to Jesus because she's so thankful that he saved her that she gets over all of the shame and she has the courage to come and show extravagant love and devotion. What about us? Do we have the courage to get over the mocking of friends and work colleagues? Or are we kind of hiding away for fear of shame? This woman doesn't hide. She's courageous. She's humble. She's so devoted to Jesus that she pours out everything that she has. She doesn't have a towel with her, does she? She uses her hair. She doesn't have water, a bowl of water. She uses her tears to clean his feet. This, is, this passage just blows me away. Anybody else? Number two, we need to delight in Jesus' forgiveness for our sin. Diamond, Simon demonstrated the very opposite of extravagant love. He demonstrated judgmentalism. When, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. He thinks this in his head, doesn't he? And Jesus, ironically, shows himself now to be a true prophet because he knows exactly what Simon's thinking. So he says, verse 40, Simon, I've got something to say to you. And he tells a parable. Here it goes. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay. So, the, so he counseled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, mm, you can imagine the gritted teeth here, can't you? I think Steve read it really well. Well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt, you can see what's coming, can't he? You have answered correctly, Jesus said. He didn't condemn Simon immediately. He told him a story. And it's like he's saying to Simon, so Simon, who are you like? Are you like anybody in this story? No? Oh, oh dear. <laughs> the woman had a huge debt of sin. She knew she couldn't pay. Jesus is good news for her, right? Jesus ain't good news for Simon because he doesn't think he's got a debt of sin. He's got loads of credit in the bank of religious service. He doesn't think he needs any sin forgiven. He thinks he's in the position of judging Jesus and the woman, right? He's arrogant, he's proud, he's self-righteous, he's judgmental, he's hard-hearted, he lacks love and compassion. Mm. <laughs> Jesus drives home the point for Simon, verse 44. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but the woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she has loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. It doesn't matter whether you've got 50 denarii of debt 
or 500 denarii of debt, you cannot pay the debt, right? So your sins might be relatively small compared to somebody else's, although who is to judge but God, right? But let's be honest, we do compare sins. We go, oh, yes, that person is obviously a sinner. Everybody can see it. You would never catch me with pride and arrogance and condemnation, by the way, but that person is clearly a sinner. <laughs> what do you mean, plank in my own eye, speck in the other person, eh, 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 whatever? It's so easy, isn't it? We miss the plank in our own eye when we're examining the speck in the other person's eye, forgetting it doesn't matter whether you've got a speck or a plank, you cannot pay your debt. Only Jesus at the cross paid the debt of your sin. So brothers and sisters, we are all on level ground at the foot of the cross. There are no five-star Christians, four-star, three-star, two-star, one-star and failures. We're all failures, right? We're all needing forgiveness, right? We're all on a level playing field, right? Doesn't matter whether you've been serving Christ for 70 years or seven minutes, you need forgiveness. Every day you need mercy. Delight in Jesus' forgiveness for your sins. See, over time we lose the wonder, don't we? Matt Redman recognized this and he wrote a song about it, which we're going to sing. We lose the wonder. We sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And we think, I'm so glad I'm not a wretch. <laughs> like that person over there. You see, we, we lose the wonder because we lose the sense that we need saving. Doesn't matter whether you've got a speck or a plank, you need it removed. You cannot pay your debt. Only Christ can pay the debt. Simon he didn't even recognize he had a speck. And what was Simon like? Was he filled with joy and love and devotion? He was filled with religion and zeal, wasn't he, and rules and regulations. But was he filled with joy and love for Jesus? Some of you, hello, are we not connecting? Was Simon full of joy and love? Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Sue. I can stop now. <laughs> Matt Redman said it. May I never lose the wonder or the wonder of your mercy. May I sing your hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If we ever lose the wonder, we need to get back and kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross. Where mercy paid for me. If we ever lose the wonder, we need to come back to the Ten Commandments as Kelvin and Luther used to do and go, have I kept the first of the Ten Commandments? You shall have no other gods before me. No, I've failed because I do have other gods in my life. I love career. I love possessions. I love family members. I love other things before God. So I failed. I'm a sinner. Or what about Jesus? What are the two most important commands? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. No one keeps those perfectly. No one. Do I need to say any more? May I never lose the wonder or the wonder of your mercy. Third and lastly, we're coming into land, folks. Don't worry. Focus on faith, not works of service. Okay? Focus on faith, not works of service. 
If you get those two the wrong way round, you will run yourself into the ground, like our car on Detling Hill a couple of days ago that stopped working and is sitting in the garage right now. It'll stop, you'll stop going. You'll run out of energy, steam, momentum, everything. It was the woman's faith that saved her. Nothing else. Jesus said in verse 48, your sins are forgiven. That's a perfect past tense, by the way, which shows that her sins had been forgiven previously. She'd already been forgiven earlier to this story. She wasn't forgiven by doing these works of extravagant service. She'd already been forgiven and believed in Jesus. She's just coming to say thank you. This is what you're doing this morning by coming to worship, right? Those standing nearby were amazed, verse 49. The other guests began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Only God can forgive sins, right? So this is the son of God. He's not just a prophet, he's the son of God. But notice that Jesus didn't say that the actions of the woman in pouring out oil or in showing courage or in getting over the shame of convention was what saved him, her. Look at this, verse 50. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Not your 75 years of service have saved you. Not your five rotors on a Sunday have saved you. Some of you have three or four, right? They don't save us. We wish they did sometimes, but they don't. You've got no more credit in the bank than anybody else. Your service is motivated by the love and mercy that you don't deserve. God's riches at Christ's expense are the engine that drive the service and the rotors and your outpouring of devotion to Jesus. Do you know what happens when we start serving self-righteously like Simon? We become self-righteous, self-important, judgmental and critical of others. I don't want to serve like that, do you? I don't want to serve without love and joy and passion. I want to serve out of the love of the cross. If we lack love for Jesus, we should ask the Holy Spirit who will pour out more love into our hearts. If we lack love for Jesus, we should come and kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross again and be lost in awe, wonder, love and praise once again. Meditate on the fact that you don't keep the Ten Commandments. Meditate on the fact that you don't keep the two important commands of Jesus. And meditate on the fact that you don't deserve the grace and mercy of God. And rejoice in it. Rejoice in it. And then go and serve with joy and passion and commitment out of the resources of forgiveness and love and mercy that Christ pours into your heart. Faith drives and powers service yeah you're not defined and identified by your service you're defined and identified by christ who died for you and gave himself for you hallelujah um i think there's so many stories in the bible about this because we lose the wonder as christians we lose the awe we get faith and works the wrong way round so often, don't we? And we lose the passion, the love. You know you're running on empty and you need more love 
and power and Holy Spirit in your life when you start getting judgmental and critical of others. I've, I've learned to recognize this over the years in my own life. When I start grumbling and complaining about the lack of commitment and passion in others, I need to pray, Lord, pour more love into my heart. Because <laughs> we're so judgmental, so easily we default to being Simon when we should be the woman. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are humbled by this woman in the story. Lord, we repent of the fact that we're more like Simon the Pharisee than we are the woman. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, may we never lose the wonder or the wonder of your mercy. May we kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross and may we cry out to you, Father, for more love. When our tank, when our fuel tank of love and compassion and devotion runs dry, Help us to learn, Lord, to rest in your presence and to receive more love, more power from you, that we might be driven not by a desire for recognition or self-righteousness or works, but Jesus, may we all be driven by your love, your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, just as the woman was. Lord, pour out your extravagant love into each one of us, that we would pour ourselves out in love and devotion to you once again. Amen. Amen. Steve. Tony, can you just mute my guitar a second? Need, needed more power. Amen. Definitely needed more power this morning. Now we'll make lots of clicking noises, right? It's okay now, thanks. <laughs> I just noticed uh, during the first set that um, there was a red light on my guitar. Needing more power this morning, don't we? Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together. the foot of the cross where mercy paid for me where the wrath I deserved it has gone it has passed your blood has hidden me mercy mercy as I'll sing your hallelujah for all eternity. We lift up the cup and the bread we will break.
But you took all our shame and nailed it to a cross. Mercy, mercy, as endless as the sea. I'll sing your hallelujah. Maybe someone here who is yet to kneel at the foot of the cross and receive mercy and forgiveness. You've yet to invite Jesus into your life to be Lord and King. Can I appeal to you this morning? This is the moment to do that. So if you'd like to receive Jesus into your life, if you'd like to know the joy and the fullness that that woman encountered Jesus and her life was changed. If you want that this morning, you can have it in Jesus' name. If you will come to the foot of the cross and acknowledge your debt, Jesus will and has paid your debt. There are people here in the prayer team who will come and pray with you. If you'd like to invite Jesus to cancel your debts, remain in here and uh, somebody will come, a member of the prayer team will come, and uh, you can pray to be forgiven and to come into the kingdom this morning. But if you'd like prayer for healing, or you'd like prayer for any other reason, difficult circumstances, decisions, choices, please remain in here and somebody will, from the prayer team will come and uh, pray with you. So prayer team, please, uh, if, you're not, if you're not on coffee, please remain in here to serve in that way. Um, 
So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. In Jesus' name, amen.